I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast. Now a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also, you can see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way right there at the bottom of your screen, KramerandBrill.com. Now, during the offseason each week, we'll be taking a look at each NFL team. And this week, we're going to explore the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, this week, our guest is Jeff Biggs, longtime L.A. reporter, uh, was part of the Rams broadcast team, currently an NFL studio host for Compass Media, and he hosts the NFL Rush during the season nationwide on Sports Map Radio Network. Uh, Jeff, welcome to Kramer and Brill. That's great to be with you guys. Yeah, looking forward to it. You know, it's still hard to say Los Angeles Chargers. I can't get that in my head. Uh, you know, we had the Las Vegas Raiders, which is, is even worse. Uh, Jeff, before we get to the current team, well, why don't you give us a quick recap of the Chargers' rather interesting season coming off a seven and nine year? Well, first of all, let me just say it's like you, I, and, and I'm not, I'm not a, a Charger hater. One of my best friends in the world is a diehard Chargers fan, season ticket holder. I don't, it, I'm not anti-Charger. I'm just like with you. I just, I feel like they still belong in San Diego. I really do. But that, that's another topic for another, another podcast. Well, you know, Eric just bought season tickets to the LA Chargers. So. No, he did. <laughs> no, he did. But the stadium's beautiful, so I don't blame him. I, <laughs> that you're going to great, you see some great games and some great action there. Uh, you know, their season last year was, it really, I mean, the way that it turned about after week one, week two, right? Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback, gets the accidental injection in his chest. They had to throw in the rookie, Justin Herbert, and he never, never sat on the bench again. And the whole season kind of went in a different direction. And of course, uh, Eric can attest to how important uh, the quarterback position is. And, you know, they ended up having a really good season. Herbert, I think, without a doubt, was way, way beyond anybody's expectations. I mean, he was just fantastic. I think one of the great storylines of the year. And I, this just kind of gets back to my point. I, I, it, it's kind of sad that the, the Chargers are kind of in the shadows in such a big market with, a, with an area of, of L.A. that, with all due respect, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if they're ever going to get that that share of the market like they had in San Diego. And I, I don't mean to keep harboring on that, but I mean, it was a really special season for Justin Herbert and they ended up going seven and nine. They actually won their final four games, but they had seven of their nine losses were by one possession and they had some clock management issues and some, some critical you know, moments with, with timeouts and managing the game that unfortunately fell on Anthony Lynn, the head coach who was let go after the season, who I think is a, is a great football coach, a great leader, probably deserved better fate, but they made a change and they're going in a different direction. And, you know, we'll see how that plays out, but it was a, a very, very solid season, much better than anybody expected. And now they're in a position to kind of take that next step. Yeah, I would agree with you, Jeff, um, just in watching him. And I didn't watch him all that closely other than you'd hear every week of what Justin Herbert was doing, what the offense was doing. And two of his best games were against the Chiefs and yeah. probably should have won both of them, or at yeah. least put it in a position to win both. So as a season ticket holder now with the Chargers, um, what can we expect, do you think, in the future, in the near future, as to not only Justin Herbert's um, level of play, but in addition, what they're building around him? Well, 
That's a good question. And that's, you know, the, the, the number one question is, okay, rookie season, great rookie season for Herbert. What about season number two? What about sophomore season? And, oh, by the way, he has a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator. So how is that going to work out? Now, to, to Herbert's credit, I mean, he seems like a, he seems like a pretty, cool, pretty cool cat. Low, laid back. He's just kind of got that, you know, he, he's, he's serious, but he doesn't take himself too serious. And that's, that's a good, you know, good vibe to have. He's, he's made it clear, hey, look, even when I was at Oregon, this will be like my, my fifth offensive coordinator in the last six years. So it's really not that big of a deal like a lot of people think. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Like I said, I, I was a big Anthony Lynn fan. I, I get it with the clock management issues, but I, I still think he was a great coach and a great leader. And my, my own thought was, okay, maybe if you're going to get rid of Anthony Lynn, you'd want somebody maybe a little more seasoned head coach to kind of help them get over the hump and get to that next level. But they went completely the other way. They went with a guy with even less experience than Anthony Lynn in, in Brandon Staley, who they, they plucked from the Rams, who was in his first coordinator's job with the Rams. Right. So that's, you know, different. We'll see how that plays out. But Joe Lombardi is a, is a veteran coach, worked with the Saints, worked under Sean Payton. And I think that's where they, they think that's where the impact is going to be. So to answer your question, long answer, I have them down with, and I, I know we're going to talk about this, but I have them winning at least 10 games. I think they have a realistic chance to do that absolutely with their schedule, the way that it's laid out with what they can do at home. They revamped the offensive line. And I, I think Herbert should, I mean, he was so, Eric, you can attest. I mean, he was so good under pressure and under duress and just made some great throws. And I, I think now with even some better weapons and a better offensive line, he should do even better this year. You know, the fact that he found out he was playing while the opening kickoff was in the air, I think is an attestment to, you know, hey, he's pretty cool under pressure, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think one of the things that uh, we talked about all season is the fact that if, they, if the Chargers played games that were 58 or 59 minutes, it probably had four more wins. You yeah. Know, like you mentioned, then one possession. You know, you mentioned that uh, the fact the offensive line and they went, that's the first thing they went on. Did they picked up Matt uh, Feeler, who uh, from the Steelers, they picked up Corey Lindsley. And then their number one pick in the draft was Rashawn Slater. And so it seems like they went out and went, that was their first move to rebuild that offensive line to protect him even more because, uh, you know, backing him up. Uh, they just went out and uh, also uh, they pick up uh, a backup quarterback uh, over the season. I'm trying to think of who it was now. Daniel. Uh, yeah. And, and so, I mean, you know, uh, the offensive line, and then they picked up Jared Cook too, you know, uh, at tight end. So uh, that, that seems to be where they wanted to, you know, maybe preserve that young quarterback's health and where they can make the biggest move this year. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, in the NFL right now, it's, it's all, you've got to have your, your franchise quarterback and they feel like without a doubt, Herbert is that guy. And sometimes in the off season, sometimes when you, you make moves on the offensive line and maybe some of the offensive linemen you've never heard before, or if you have a high draft pick and you, you don't get a quarterback or a, a big time wide receiver, people wonder, uh, I, I don't know, but, but Eric can attest it and you too, Bob, I, the, the offensive line may not be sexy, but <laughs> look at look at go over the last few years and look at the teams that end up making Super Bowl runs. Look at look at the health of their offensive line and, and how important 
the O-line was. And I think, with, you know, again, maybe not the sexiest moves, but the fact that they totally revamped that, that O-line just shows you what a priority it is. And I think they feel like they have enough talent around Justin Herbert. And don't forget, too, that they still have about $20 million of cap room. And there's a guy named Julio Jones that's out there that's available with the Falcons. And the Falcons would prefer to trade him to an AFC team, not an NFC team. I mean, I think he would be a perfect fit there, I think, with the Bolts. So we'll see what they can do. Yeah, I'd like to go back for a minute, Jeff. Um, you know, in talking about, obviously, the offense, at least, is being built around Justin Herbert, as you mentioned. And why would you go out and get an even younger often, um, head coach in Brandon Staley? But think about it. You got Brandon Staley comes out of Vic Bangio, you know, who's one of the better defensive minds in the NFL and has been for a long time. And now you're getting a guy that's young, that's coming out of that system. It's like, would you turn down Michelangelo before he came Michelangelo? You know, some, I think some, some of it is recognizing what somebody has and what they bring earlier than when they really bring it, you know? So you kind of anticipate the upside. And I think that to me, defensively, they could have answered the question there too. So that offensively, they're going in the right direction. You get the right defensive guy in there as now the leader of the team. To me, that could be what they've needed so far that's been lacking. Yeah, I completely agree. And they have a lot of talent on that defense. they got a couple of guys coming back this year. And they should be, they should be much improved. And, you know, they're in a division with Patrick Mahomes. So, you want, like you said, Eric, you want your defense to be right. And they should be good. Yeah, one of the things uh, I, I was uh, kind of wondering where they were going is the running back position. Now, they didn't draft a running back until very late. That was Larry Roundtree. And they did pick up Josh Palmer as a wide receiver to go uh, with Keenan Allen. But is Austin Eckler the guy? I mean, it, or are they going to use some of that $20 million, uh, in cap space to go out and get somebody else? Yeah, that's a good question. Personally, as much as I like Austin Eckler, he hasn't shown to this point now, Hey, he could come into this season and could have that breakout year, but usually you kind of get a feel pretty early on about, you know, where, where a guy is going to be at. I, 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 I don't see him. I haven't seen him as that, that every down, every, every play, every snap workhorse kind of running back like others in the league. So he looks to me like more of a, not a, above, above complimentary, but, but certainly not a guy that you're going to put in every – you're going to want somebody to come in behind him and, and run a few plays. Joshua Kelly had to fill in for him last year and did a really good job. Some people are thinking maybe because of the drafting of Roundtree, they'll maybe be able to move Kelly to, to try to get something or make something happen. Maybe they'll keep all three of them, uh, maybe have a little competition going into the camp. But, uh, yeah, like I said, they have, they have some money to play with. It just depends on, you know, how comfortable they are with – with Eckler and Kelly and, and how Roundtree looks at camp. You know, going back to their defense for a second, Jeff, is you've got, you know, Joe, one of the Bosa brothers, again, one of the better defensive ends in the league. And obviously the head coach is now uh, a defensive minded guy. And uh, I forget the name right now of the, the, uh, the Derwin James. The, yeah. Mm -hmm. Safety. So they, yeah. They've, they've got some nice pieces defensively. Who might we look at as in this upcoming year as a guy that might break out defensively? Yeah, they they have a 
they have a couple corners that I think are really going to have special years. Um, Mark, and I'm drawing a blank on his, his last name. Um, Jackson, um, uh, I was just talking about him with somebody the other day, but I think he's kind of an underrated, he's a fourth year, fifth year corner that has been kind of under the radar that I think could have uh, a really big season. Then uh, Asante Samuel Jr. Right. Um, they're expecting to have a big thing. So, and it's interesting because, I know Brandon Staley in his brief time with the Rams, he's much his defensive scheme with the defensive backs is completely different, completely opposite of what what the Chargers have run the last couple of years. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, one of the things that uh, this team certainly has some new bloodlines. I mean, we've got, uh, like you just mentioned, um, Asante Samuel, Asante Samuel Jr. And of course, the real reason that Eric bought season tickets this year because he wants to hang out with um, uh, Ricky Pohl, who he played with, and Austin Pohl just got signed by the San Diego Chargers, and they both, you know, what, what can you say? I mean, you throw that all together, you got some bloodlines in there, and that's why the guy buys, you know, season tickets for the Chargers instead of the Rams. <laughs> yeah, Austin's a good player, man. I'm, I'm, you know, he brings some, you know, special teams, some returnability. He's a good slot receiver. I don't know, Jeff, what do you think about Austin Prohl? Yeah, you know, I full disclosure, I haven't I haven't seen a whole lot of him, but I clearly remember his dad. And yeah. he was a big time possession receiver with the Bucks back in the day. And you you know him. So uh, that that works for me. I, I think uh, the fact that they sign him, they they must think highly of him and he must have made a good impression. You know, There's I room for him. I, I, I look at the schedule and you were mentioning that you think they can win 10. I, I'm, I'm kind of not in that, in that same um, field there because I, I look, they're going to play Kansas city twice. Denver's no pushover. Uh, the Raiders are going to be better. Every team that they're playing, I think is better this year. They play Pittsburgh, New England's going to be better. Cincinnati, uh, Minnesota, they play the Patriots, the Ravens and the Browns, uh, even Dallas, it's probably going to be better. I'm, you know, it's kind of an iffy thing, but you know, they got, I think they got a pretty tough schedule. Yeah, they do. And I, I think that's, and this is not to sound cliche, but I mean, you really, there's no more at the league is, is so, so good right now. And it's so tight that there's really, really hardly, I, I there's, there's no gimmies for anybody. I mean, every week and now with the extra game, um, I think it's just, you know, again, Eric can attest to this more than I can, but that <laughs> that's going to be tough. That my my when I was looking at the schedule, I think right out of the gate because you're going to have look, you're going to have a new head coach. We'll see what what other moves they make here before the season, but you're going to have a whole new culture, a whole new vibe, a whole new mindset going into the season. Clearly, the Chargers have their own expectations, but on the other hand, too, they're not going to sneak up on anybody like they did last year, right? There's there's tape now on Justin Herbert. But I think right out of the gate, they open up at Washington and then they're home week two for the Cowboys. And then I think they have the Browns at home. So, I mean, you got you want to take care of your home games early for sure. And that, that game in Washington would be a great, great game to try to steal early on the road. So my, to my point is get off to a good start for the Chargers. You know, in this day and age in the NFL, it's, you know, it's about the season. I mean, it doesn't, what you did two years ago or a year ago really doesn't matter. It's all about the season that you have this year. So for, as great as last year was, and they won four in a row to end, that's great. 
but you got to do it again this year. And if they can get off to a good start, I think that will kind of give them a boost and, and let them get rolling. But if they, you know, if they come out of the gate and lose three straight, then all of a sudden, you know, that, that doubt starts to creep in and you're starting to wonder. And so I, I think a good start for them will be really key. Jeff, what do you think last year's, uh, you know, the COVID season and it, the effect that it had on the off season? And there was all this talk about how the, the product on the field is going to suffer as a result, yet it didn't really seem to. And now you've got this off season where the players are starting to want to take control of what they look at as a needless off season. And why not do it on Zoom? And why do we have to have contact and risk injury in the offseason? Do you see the effect of last year's offseason maybe starting to gear up that way moving forward? Or do you think it'll go back to what it's traditionally been? No, I, I think, Eric, that's a great point. And, and again, you've been through the rigors. I, I, I think, without a doubt, especially with the extra game added to the schedule, the NFL should, should really, I, I understand, look, coaches want to have, they want to spend as much time with you guys as they can. I, I get that. But clearly what we saw last year, the players proved that, Hey, you know what? You can, you can do zoom meetings, you can do non-contact and the product won't suffer and you can still have a great season. And to the NFL's credit, they didn't flinch. They didn't blink. I mean, the season went perfectly. Yeah, there were a couple of little hiccups. The Ravens had some incidents, uh, the Browns at the end. But I mean, for the most part, this, they got the whole season in. They didn't have to reschedule anything. Everything went great. And so the, the players proved that you can do that. And I think, hey, you know, do, do, do it virtually. Um, let the guys hold off until training camp. They don't, they don't need the, they don't, they're already keeping in shape. This is not like the old days when, you know, back even before your time where guys had to, have insurance jobs on the side to, you know, to make ends meet. Uh, the only, the, the big issue I think though, right now for the NFL, Eric, and this is again for you guys for another time, but this issue of not paying players if they get injured, working out away from the team's facilities, that's, they're going to have to get that straightened out because that's bad. Yeah, I agree because you're going to have plenty of guys get hurt at the facility. So I don't get where the distinction comes when you're doing the same thing, whether you're there or you're somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like he, he was jumping off uh, the table trying to injure himself, you know? No. Well, one of the things that um, I wanted to uh, bring up here is, you know, this has always been a Ramstown. And you mentioned it in, in your opening comments, Jeff, is that, you know, they still feel like it. maybe they should be back in San Diego. But when they first came in to L.A. and they were playing in the other stadium, the smaller stadium, there were more fans of other teams there. I mean, it was like hardly any Charger fans there, and that was the, the big story. If they get off to a good start, if they get off to maybe a 3-0 and start, does this all of a sudden lean more away from the Rams town and the Chargers start to become more accepted as far as the fans that are here or it took a while for the Clippers to make that move. And now the Clippers are closing in on the Lakers. Do you see the same thing happening? No, I don't. I, I mean, I, I think the, the, the two things that, that could really help. I mean, number one, I mean, you have a brand new stadium that's the best in the league. 
So a lot of people are going to want to go to games and they're, they're especially now coming out of the pandemic, people are wanting, they're going to want to go out and get out and about. So if the chargers continue, and I think the Rams are kind of doing the same thing. If, because we, we, everybody thought going in once this opened that tickets were going to be unattainable. They were going to be so expensive that the average fan wouldn't be able to go to a game because they couldn't afford it. But that's, that hasn't been the case so far for now. So if, if tickets are you know relatively cheap, um, you could see some bigger crowds. I still think you're, you're going to have fan fans from the opposing teams, uh, dominant, uh, dominate those games, a lot of those home games, uh, especially because it's been a while um, for some of these teams to, to play here. Um, but I just, I, I think it's going to take, it's going to take a long time. And I, I don't mean to be negative. I'm not trying to be critical. It's nothing, nothing against the team or the organization. Um, but I just, I think just for so many people that have grown up, they've grown up with the chargers as the, the San Diego chargers. And it's just kind of an odd fit. Our guest this week, longtime Los Angeles sports reporter, Jeff Biggs. And there you have it, Kramer and Brill, fantasy football podcast, now on a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Now you can also see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. You can see it right there at the bottom of your screen, KramerandBrill.com. For our guest, Jeff Biggs, my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, and we'll see you next time.